We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, longtime caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If it's lingering and like all the Sour Patch Kids and stuff are gone, then I'll probably open <laughs> up, crack open a thing of Smarties and just pour them all in my mouth at once. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Jamie Bazo. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. We're talking about fantasy Major League Soccer tonight. We're in the second leg of the second round of the playoffs. It can get a little confusing for those who are not used to um, two legs of something, but the DraftKings slate for this weekend is not up yet, guys. Oh, sorry, I didn't introduce either of you. J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath are here as well to talk about this weekend's matches. Uh, but before we talk about the matches, I'd like to talk about DraftKings, even though I just said the contests aren't up yet. Uh, guys, how do you feel about the new uh, scoring system and rosters now that we've had uh, a few days to take it in? Skylar, what are your first impressions of it? Yeah, I like it a lot. Um feel like it's uh a lot more of uh a lot more skill involved now. I feel like it's a, a funner sweat. Um it just yeah, I'm I'm totally down with it. I like the bigger rosters. Um you got to get a little bit more more creative. Um and it, you know, it's still a little bit of a learning process probably over the next couple of weeks as we get used to the scoring changes in the bigger rosters, but initially I'm I'm liking it a lot. I really feel like it benefits um, the smarter players more or less. So, 
Um, what do you think, JD? You down with it too? Yeah, overall, I, I like it a lot. I think, um, you know, some of the, the crossing things are silly, like coming from a corner kick or whatever. But um, that's fine because I can tell who's going to get those. So you're right, it does um, benefit the more prepared players. The, the one other thing that I'm a little hesitant about is trying to fill 11 spots on like a two-game slate is not going to be fun in MLS. <laughs> um, that's everybody's going to have like the same people, I imagine. And then it's a matter of which uh, like bum midfielder did you pick that got seven points versus the other one that got four. So uh, I'm a little concerned about how that's going to play out. But, I mean, for the big slates, it's awesome. I've had a lot of fun uh, both with MLS and with the EPL so far. And I think you guys enjoyed Champions League, which I have not been able to partake in. <laughs> yeah, Champions League was like playing pinball. It was just points sliding up across the board from start to finish. So it was fun. Yeah. What so was... it was the, the opposite of MLS last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the playoffs, uh, I think it seems like at least the first leg, the game's definitely a little bit tighter, but I think we'll see some some of these open up on the second leg. It should be fun. Yeah, I, I ended up scoring twice as many points for Champions League on Wednesday than I did on, or yeah, Wednesday than on Tuesday. Like, that's how big of a point swing there was in my lineups. Not that I, like, crushed it both days, but it's weird to see literally more than double the points from like your best lineup from Tuesday to Wednesday. But yeah, what I thought was nice about the increased number of categories is that players who used to be comparative are not that now there seems to be like a clear difference in particularly with corners. Like you said that JD, now that's now one of the essentially a, a cross that there could be guys who normally would cross the same amount and maybe only one of them takes corners, and now that's like a huge separator between the two. So, you know, the the players, the fantasy players who know who are taking corners every day, every game, are are clearly uh, have a leg up uh, thanks to that. But uh, yeah, looking into this weekend, uh, do you guys see these games? Let, let's start with the Red Bulls and DC United. Uh, Red Bulls uh, took. The road goal, thanks to a Dax McCarty header, which, you know, it's always nice when the smallest guy on the field scores off a header. But how do <laughs> you ginger, see... Yeah. Ginger Ninja. <laughs> JD, how do you see this second leg playing out? It's going to be, you know, at Red Bull Arena, obviously. I don't see it playing out too much differently. Um, people who've kind of followed this rivalry for a long time, it would be shocked if DC United doesn't come up with a goal through two different games um, against the Red Bulls. They seem to always make it competitive. And actually, last game, there was a, a major swing in momentum uh, when Zubar could have been sent off, and then instead uh, Red Bulls kind of took that go-ahead goal. But I, I think the Red Bulls take care of business. I see another one nothing or 2 nothing victory. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if DC United came out and kind of pushed the envelope and it, that could either swing it uh, into an extreme one way or another. Scott, did you feel the same way? For the most part, yeah. I think Red Bulls do win the series. I think DC puts a puts up a fight. I could definitely see a Spindola um, finding net, especially you know going back to Red Bull Arena, where he didn't really leave on a, a good note. This is kind of a rivalry match, which obviously last weekend was too, but. Maybe he wants to prove a little bit more in front of the home fans. And he had a, a, a really good week this past weekend without scoring a goal. He had 15.5 points, um, nine crosses, four fouls drawn, three shots. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a guy that's going to get the points regardless if he's scoring or assisting. So I think he, if DC is going to have anything to, to say about even having a, a hope of winning the series and he's going to be involved. So he'll probably be in a lot of my lineups, but in general, I definitely am leaning towards New York, taking it maybe two to one or, you know, even a one, one draw. We'll, we'll see him through. So that's uh, my take on it. Speak, speaking of the DraftKings scoring changes, now that clean sheets aren't as important for defenders, uh, I really like DC United's fullbacks this week because if they go a goal down, even if they don't go a goal down, they're really going to have to push the play to 
kind of make up this def one nothing deficit they have right now. Um, so regardless of how the game plays out, I see Kemp and Franklin getting forward a lot and putting a lot of crosses into the box. Yeah, it's a yeah, good point. It's so a good call. Just uh, yeah, like you said, the the clean sheets aren't quite as important now for defenders, particularly because they can just rack up points otherwise. Um, we kind of saw that in Premier League last year with Kieran Trippier, that he got so many crosses that it didn't matter if Burnley gave up 100 goals in a game because <laughs> as long as he was sending in crosses. And now we're going to see that basically with any, you know, fairly good attacking team with, um, you know, if they if they get a ton of corners, you're just going to make those points up. Clean sheet's only going to give you three points for a defender, so it's not all that valuable. Although on the flip side, it's almost, they're almost more valuable now for goalies because you're losing two points for every goal they give up, and you don't get that one goal allowed bonus that we used to get. Just kind of a right. bummer. <laughs> it's like you give yeah, up. I'm a... pretty much. Go ahead, Scott. I'm just. I'm. I'm pretty much just looking for a goalie that's almost guaranteed to win at yeah. this point. Yeah, because you figure that they give up that one goal, the first goal, it's essentially a seven-point swing because not only do right. you not get the five-point clean sheet, but you lose two points for the goal conceded. So, And I I believe it's two points you know, conceded for every goal they give up. So it's not like mm -hmm. it stops at the you – know, it's not like you lose your one-goal-out bonus when they give up two. Like, that'll keep going. So not that we'll see – I don't really expect to see playoff teams giving up you know, three and four goals, but it can happen certainly. Yeah, I would have no problem playing uh, Robles in goal, but also still playing uh, the DC United fullbacks. I don't really think that's a um, kind of going against your picks whatsoever. Yeah, it's a good call on the DC fullbacks. I completely see your strategy there because they, I mean, they're chasing the game from the get go. So um, and against the best team. Be... Yeah, it's yeah, not like they're the chasing best team it. and against. Yeah, and against a team that's probably going to score another goal or two, so they're going to have to score goals if they want to hang. Yeah, I mean, if it gets out of control, like if Red Bulls are up one nothing at halftime, uh, DC United just has to throw the house forward, and um, Kemp and Franklin are both good crossers, and Franklin last week was only 2,800 on DraftKings, which was a steal. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. We can also see some kind of crazy things, like if DC United goes up two one, don't I believe that means they advance, right? Because the isn't away goals the first tiebreaker now, right? So if they have yes. two two away goals, then you could see the Red Bulls kind of going crazy a little bit. But uh, on the other Eastern Conference uh, matchup, Montreal at Columbus, I wanted to bring this up because JD, you have Kai Kamara ahead of Drogba. And Skyler, you have the opposite. Uh, I'll note that uh, DJ and Steve also have Drogba over Kamara. So, JD, why do you like Kamara more? Because I think Kamara is going to be more motivated. He's at home. They have a deficit to make up. Um, you know, Columbus actually outpossessed Montreal by a good bit last week. Um, I I just think they're going to find a way to climb back into this series. Uh, you know, Drogba really wasn't that good last game. Um, and not even getting into his ridiculous antics. Um, <laughs> it, it, I just, Drogba kind of manhandled uh, Parkhurst that one time and had his goal called back. But other than that, he was quiet for large portions of the match, even though the camera always wanted to be on him no matter what. So I, I think Kamara uh, kind of makes himself known once more in this one he has a good group of teammates feeding him the ball uh so i i'm kind of encouraged by columbus although i i do think P montreal is a better team overall do you think montreal goes through yeah i do okay skylar do you disagree with anything that well you obviously disagree on the outcome but <laughs> you made the point do you think drogba will you know be able to to eclipse kamara I don't know. It's gonna. Be, it, that was a close one for me. Um, I do disagree with a few things that JD said, uh, namely about Montreal advancing. I think the crew get it done. Wow. Coming back home. So yeah, I think Columbus will advance from this one. I actually am gonna be targeting the targeting this game pretty heavily. Um, just I I feel like the goals are gonna be coming. So 
I think Kai and Drogba are both in play here. Um, Drogba got the the nod for me as far as being the top four, just because he he is able to contribute um, points without scoring. I think he had 13 points this past weekend, even though he was, you know, he didn't score a goal and he was he disappeared for, you know, a good portion of the game here and there, but. He's gonna. He's still gonna get you know five, six, seven shots and draw some fouls. Um, this game's gonna. I think this game's gonna get to where it's gonna be a back and forth goal fest. Um, so if it if it turns into that, then Drogba is definitely gonna be piling up some points. But I can see JD um, where JD's coming from too on Kamara. Like I've said it before. I hate saying that somebody's due. But if anybody's due for a goal, then Kamara's going to score. So, like, he's probably the most due player for a goal there is. He hasn't scored since, I think, September. And he's he's just a goal scorer. And in a spot like this where Montreal's got an okay defense at times, but we've seen how uh, potent Columbus's attack can be with their backs up against the wall, I just – I think Kai's going to score. So – that's a tough call for me. Like, I really can't tell you who's going to be uh, the top scorer on the night, but I think one of those two probably will be. If it's a goal fest, then Columbus has to win by two in order to go through, if I'm doing my math correctly, because otherwise Montreal will have the away goals advantage. Right. So, yeah, so if they get the um So if Montreal sheet. gets a second... Well, yeah, I was going to I <laughs> I said if it's one nothing Columbus and I before I even started to say it, I said there's no <laughs> way Columbus is getting a clean sheet. So 2-1 Columbus, they're tied, they'll go to extra time. Right. But if Colum- if Montreal scores twice, then Columbus is going to have to score four times to advance. If I remember if I did that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um I think it would have to be like a cuz then they would uh, win on three aggregate. To, 3 to 1 right. maybe. Right. Yeah. So they just can't, they have to win, and Montreal can't score more than once, or they'll have to score four times. I could, I could yeah. definitely see 2 1 Columbus. And then, and it then goes it going to, to extra time, which would be really interesting to see how long Drogba could last. Mm. If more he, fantasy points for us, though. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if Drogba doesn't get a red card by then, that <laughs> fool. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't do another leg lock. That's one of the weirdest things I've seen in like a player of his caliber do in a maybe ever. It was absurd and then to like how sad is it that as absurd as it was, you knew right away he wasn't going to be suspended. <laughs> no chance. Like there was no well, chance. It was like yeah, it was kind of borderline like I don't know, it was it was definitely um not a smart foul, but it was like it didn't look malicious, and I think JD, I think you actually mentioned it to me that that you that there is potentially some uh, speculation that he he kind of rolled over on Clark's leg. Which, if you go back and look at it, then it, it does look like that. He did um, have so his yeah. leg com- completely and just <laughs> twist to the side. I love like, how you said there's speculation that he may have. I mean, he clearly <laughs> did. Well, like, well, like it was like he was purposely trying to hurt him, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. I just think I like know. he's. He thinks he's better than the league, so he can do whatever he wants. So it he's and that's not a weird like thing thinking, to do when you can do not, whatever you want. Yeah, he's not thinking I'm gonna like tear Steve Clark's meniscus. But it, I mean, if you go back and watch it, he definitely could have seriously hurt Clark. Let yeah, alone the tackle. Borderline. The original <laughs> tackle was bad enough. Like, there's no reason for him to go flying in there on Clark, up two to one. It'll at least make this second leg a little chippy, right? I mean, it should. should make yeah, Steve Clark's least... gonna get a shutout just because he's so mad at Drogba. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I don't I'm think be... it's gonna make a difference. Both both teams are gonna let in some goals. I think the the one thing I'm looking at is I'm probably gonna take the forward that I'm not taking the other midfield from because Piotti and Justin Miram both looked pretty good, and their prices were both uh, definitely lower than I expected them to be. So I think it it's going to all depend how I build my team, which forward I take. Because mm-hmm. Skyler's right, they're very close. And even if you wanted to take both, I wouldn't think that was uh, dumb at all. 
But don't take Marco Donadell. Please don't take Marco <laughs> Donadell. Although he does take I don't Clemens. know, man. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I don't know, because going back to Andrew's point earlier, like, He's one of those random guys that, that actually takes corners that you normally wouldn't select, but he's usually priced pretty cheap. Um, he's he, he might be one of those guys that just slides right in if the price is right. The crazy thing about him is he will literally go months, maybe like, I don't know. I think I've watched probably six or eight weeks where he did nothing, and then he's like a human highlight reel for two weeks. And, like, he's on, you know, the MLS.com highlight videos because of some ridiculous pass or free kick or whatever. And then he won't do anything for another two months. <laughs> it's a very frustrating player to buy into. And he's dirty. Yeah. I mean, he's, I don't know, he's usually not a guy that I just immediately jump to, even with a new um, scoring setup. But I guess I have to at least consider him now because he's taking corners, so. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of guys from this game that are interesting plays. And one thing that's that uh, that stuck out on the last slate was that Iguain and Ethan Finley are both listed as forwards now for the crew. Yeah. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, Ethan Finley, I threw him into a tournament lineup, and he got me .5 points. Ooh. Oh, man. I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I mean, I thought he was going to have a, a strong game on the wing but nope. <laughs> so are you even considering him this weekend after taking that bad beat? Yeah, I'm still considering Finley. I don't think we can uh, really take just a one-game one sample. He was great for large portions of the season, and Columbus yeah. needs to, to push the attack. He's probably the fastest player on the field. Uh, maybe Kamara would give him a run for his money, but Odoro obviously would be uh, probably the fastest, but... He's probably too busy spray painting his hair, his mohawk. <laughs> the bird man. <laughs> There's a lot of speed in this game now that you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, I was I just mean, about to P say that. Piotti. Uh, Awful. Yeah, I mean, Columbus's whole team's pretty much fast. Miram is deceptively fast. Mm -hmm. That's a good shot. Uh, something I meant to bring up earlier that I didn't think of until just now. Skyler, as our multi-entry expert... Do you find yourself wanting to make more lineups because of the bigger roster size, or is it actually easier because you basically can stack more guys from single teams? Um, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say it's uh, easier. I, I don't know. It, it might actually be a little bit harder to multi-enter right now because I think that there's going to be so much uh, similarity across lineups um, that... I don't know. I mean, it feels like to me, like this past weekend, for instance, I basically had a core of the same midfielders and same defenders and same forwards and pretty much swapped out like maybe one in each position um, across, say, 10 lineups that I built, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So it just feels like, you know, if one of the guys that I have in my core of, of like, two of my midfielders that I have in every lineup, two of my defenders, like uh, a, a fool, for instance, is one of the guys that I had in all of my lineups, and he was a bust. I think he had like four four 4.5 points. So that, for me, like when I'm multi-entering an 11-man uh, roster, like it's not as easy to just select eight guys. Like you actually have to have, you know, you're having to swap guys in and out. Um across every single position pretty much if you want to really get into multi-entering. So I think it's tougher for me. I think it largely depends on the slate. Like it, all the problems you're talking about are because it was only a four-game slate. And there was like some definite options you didn't want to look at like team-wise. So yeah, it was a pretty template weekend last weekend, I thought. But I, I could see like... Um, you know, if there's seven or eight games in one day for MLS next season sometime, uh, I think multi-entry would be much easier. It would be way more appealing to me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, the, the shorter slate and I think the tighter games definitely made this past weekend a little bit tougher for, for multi-entry. Um, 
but I mean, that's not going to stop me from doing it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll kind of, like I said, it's still kind of a feeling out process um, over the next couple of weeks. So um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I just, I feel like with the um, players that you kind of focus in on as your core core group, um, if you're multi-entering really in any sport, then you've got like three or four guys that you hone in on to have a good day. And if one of them doesn't, then um, it's not going to be a good day. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the answer I was expecting. But if there was some sort of secret, no, it's actually easier because I was hoping to grab it on the podcast. But unfortunately, it's not, not any easier. <laughs> Yeah, um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be some lineups on down the road, maybe even this weekend, where there's a like a Mark Bloom type player, like JD was was calling for a couple weeks ago, that is in a GPP winning lineup. Because if you can stick a guy in an 11 man roster that's you know minimum priced, and then you've got like the highest priced options, once you figure out who's who are the guy the go to guys with this new scoring system. Then if you can work as many of those guys in, then you're going to be in the money. Mm-hmm. And it only didn't work last week because there wasn't any forwards. I think the five highest-priced forwards all didn't score. So, I mean, on a week where you're getting a lot of scoring from your attacking players and you have midfielder, like playmaking midfielders you love, like Diego Valeri, um, then I think definitely, I mean, why bother with a defender that's 3500 when you can save that money and put it somewhere else? Granted, the strategy now that they made defenders cheaper is uh, is kind of a little more questionable. Yep. Yeah, and just uh, one last uh, note on that to my point. Um, I'm looking here at the $2,000 striker on DraftKings, which is the $3 GPP. Um, number three through looks like Ibaso here had uh, number three through like ten or something. He was uh, third place, 144 points. Um, all the way down at his last utility slot, he used Eric Freiberg, who had two points. So there you go. Like there's going to be a guy that gives you a goose egg, but you can still win a GPP. Mm-hmm. That guy's a genius too. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's had some good he, lineups. I don't know if I've ever seen him have a bad weekend. I'm sure he has, but solid fantasy player if you want to look to someone uh, as to who, who you want to build lineups like. Right, and to not target in a head-to-head. <laughs> yeah, don't, <laughs> right. don't, don't target Ibaso in yeah. a head-to-head. Add him to the list. That's right. That's headlined by Money Machine. Anyway, Western Conference, uh, let's start with the one that didn't score any goals in the opener. We've got Portland this week at Vancouver. It was scoreless in the first. How many goals are in the second, JD? Um, three. Oh. But I think uh, one of them comes in extra time. Even better. So then who takes it? Just tell I, us who the goal scorers are so we can just plug them right into our lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that... Uh, Vancouver takes it because Caleb Porter outsmarts himself. Like, I can see Caleb Porter doing something completely ridiculous, like starting um, a Rudy. I was just about to say that. (laughs) Like, it's, he just always comes up with these, like, wacky things, and I don't know. It it should be interesting because Nagby still looks great. He just got Uh, a call up. Yeah. So Diego Valeri also, I think, has room to kind of step it up a little bit more. Uh, if Quiracy's back in goal, he's been very good. But at the same time, it's scoring on Kendall Waston is not easy. Mm-hmm. And Usted. I mean, Waston is nominated for Defender of the Year. Usted is nominated for uh, Keeper of the Year. And then they have arguably the best defensive midfielder in Matias Labat. So... It's definitely a challenge on the road for Portland, but they've been playing well. Um, yeah, I guess I think Vancouver takes it, but their offense isn't like lights out either lately, so this is an interesting game from a, from a real-life standpoint, but from mm. a fantasy standpoint, uh, I'm probably looking to all the other ones. Mm. Yeah, like a 1-1 after 
89 minutes sends Portland through. So that Oh, never mind, yeah. Well, but I'm just saying a, a an extra time you know, or maybe it's just happen. injury time Vancouver could happen in 93rd <laughs> minute winner to send no, them you're, through. No, you're right. I wasn't thinking extra time's not even possible. Unless it's 0-0. Zero, zero, right, 0-0. Zero, zero. And three goals in the extra time period. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Skyler. Which would totally be feasible considering this be, is Major League Soccer. Right. I was going to say that would be so MLS. <laughs> Skylar, how do you <laughs> see this one playing out? Uh, I do think Vancouver advances. Um, can't really say. Like, I don't. I could totally see it going to extra time in a PK shootout or something. Like, it's that close. I could see Portland um, nicking a goal and, and going through too. So, I mean, Portland's kind of since they just need an away goal. Then now that you make that point, then they're they're in a pretty good spot, really. Um, one guy that I really love in this game is uh, and I think has probably benefited the most from the scoring uh, provider change from stats to Opta is Diego Valeri. And he's probably on the higher, one of the pricier midfielders. But you look at his past two game logs on Opta, he had 13 crosses this past game and 15 the game before that. Like that's just, that's easy points right there. So that's a guy that I'm probably going to build the majority of my lineups around this weekend and um yeah i mean i think from this game he's he's probably the the main guy i'm targeting the one thing to watch for is if diego chara comes back that unleashes valeri even more offensively and also darlington nagby who i feel like had to take on a little bit more defensive responsibility last game because jewsbury is is no diego chara in defensive <laughs> midfield so the other thing is pedro morales could play he could start. Yeah, he was on the bench for the yeah. first one, right? And they got him, what, yeah. like 20, 20 minutes a time? Not that he looked awesome, but he made one pass, like a through ball, that picked apart the defense in a way that nobody else on Vancouver's been able to do since he's been hurt. It was one of those, like, yeah. oh, that's right. That's what he can do. <laughs> like, yeah, I miss that guy. Right. right. Yeah, I've got my eye on him. I'll be watching the lineups for sure because he's a game changer. I mean, if he's in, then he's... If, especially if I'm pumping multi entries in, then he's a guy that I'm going to fit into at least you know a couple of my lineups if he starts. I wonder if um, his price will he be is depressed at all because of the because of the injury lately. I'm trying to think where it was. I think it was like probably the fourth or fifth highest midfielder last week. Yeah, I'd probably think it would be somewhere around there too. Mm-hmm. This like, weekend, I don't I don't know if DraftKings really considers that or they might not even be aware of it so um yeah I'm think are, if you're thinking of the guys who'd be in front of him you know like dempsey valeri diaz kledgeton piotti like they all could theoretically be ahead of him right well, piotti was 5800 last week which is insane wow. so that's due for a, a correction <laughs> i yeah. think yeah lloyd sam is pretty high too yep yeah, Piotti was almost a must play at that price point. Yeah, there he was, was only a must play at that point. That price. There point. was only one other. When you talk about the core of the lineup, Piotti uh, was probably one of my two like must have players. Makes sense. So it seems like you guys think goals come from the midfield in this one. It's hard to bank on uh, Fernando Adi. Yeah, and I, it's also hard to bank on Octavio Rivero. Yeah, because he's man. Rivera's been such a letdown lately. Yeah, I know. And if, if Pedro Morales comes back, that's a little bit more exciting. But um, when you say midfield, I mean I think Lucas Milano and Kakuta Mane are both listed as forwards. Yeah. But they really, I mean, they kind of play in the hybrid wing role. But I think Mane is very dangerous. Christian Takara is very dangerous. Um, and I. I actually ranked Lucas Milano in my last spot because I thought he looked like he could get a couple good chances um, being a little quicker than Audi last week. Um, maybe he's the kind of guy that can really break through Waston and Tim Parker in the center defense. Hmm. Hmm. I like that call. Uh, all right, let's go to the other one. Seattle at Dallas. Seattle scored twice in the opener, let up one. So Dallas at least has the road road goal. GD, you have 
Clint Dempsey as your top midfielder. Skyler, you have Mauro Diaz. So this is playing just like the uh, Kamara Dragua argument. Skyler, can you make please make the case for Diaz over Dempsey? Yeah, I think um, Diaz just offers a little bit more in the peripheral stats that, of course, like we've been talking about, Opta um, uh, records a little bit uh, better, <laughs> better than stats did. So, you know, Diaz is uh, he's taken set pieces, uh, corner kicks, um, drawing more fouls probably than Dempsey is. I don't know. It might be close on the fouls, but. I'd say Dempsey maybe may have a little bit more goal upside, but I think Diaz could probably match that just in his peripheral stats upside. So it's close there too. Like, I mean, like I said it uh, earlier with uh, Drogba and Kai, like I could see it flip flopping easily. Like it's that close between the two. But um, if Seattle needs a goal, then Dempsey's gonna be really dangerous. So. I'm definitely not going to be shying away from Deuce, that's for sure. And, J.D., is it the goal upside that makes Dempsey more valuable in your eyes? Yeah, I think we're really getting sucked into all these peripheral stats and everything. I mean, the MLS, is it's very top-heavy in the daily fantasy still. And it's not like EPL where we know, like, we'll grab these four awesome midfielders and we're going to just kind of ignore the goal scorers a little bit. But, I mean, Clint Dempsey has four goals and an assist in his last three. He has multiple shots on goal. I think he has at least three total shots in his last five or six games. Um, so Dempsey, it looks like he's Dempsey again. He's playing in Texas, his home state. Uh, Seattle's up 2-1. to one. Dallas is going to have to press. So I just see Seattle, they're much healthier than they were last week when they played Dallas. They were coming off that tough kind of midweek game against the Galaxy. So, I mean, letting all these old guys rest, they might get um, Ozzy Alonso back. Marco Papa's going to be fresher. Um, Nelson Valdez is going to be fresher. He had a little bit of a knock. So, I mean, if they really get their full healthy lineup out there, they're very intimidating offensively. And it seems like Dempsey's the guy that's going to be the beneficiary of all of that if the last couple games are any indication. So no offense to Mario Diaz, who's, uh, I mean, great playmaker, lots of peripheral points coming in from him. But if Ozzy Alonso gets back into the lineup, um, you know, Seattle might shut it down to begin with just because um, they're up 2-1. to one. So I, I think they're going to really try to take Diaz out of the equation and Fabian Castillo and, you know, take their chances with the rest of the guys. It seems like most of the season you've been higher on Obafemi Martins than Dempsey. Is that switching now? Yeah, I mean, it it switches. It's Soccer's a lot about form. I mean, I kind of, I don't like to buy into it too much, but Dempsey's been on fire Mm -hmm. and Oba's kind of taken a back seat. So, um, you know, when I I see it, you kind of have to buy in a little bit. And I, I do still love Oba, and I'm going to certainly play him because I think a lot of people are going to be playing Dempsey instead if you have to pick one or the other. Um, but now they're at different positions, so you don't necessarily have to pick one or the other. Uh, but their prices probably will be prohibitive. So I do prefer Dempsey if you have to pick one, but I like Oba as well. Yeah, speaking of the position change, Skylar, does your kind of position... Oh, no. Didn't mean to double up on there, but do, does your opinion on Dempsey change because he's a midfielder now, or does it not even really matter? Yeah, definitely. No, I love uh, love that I can roster him at the midfield slot right now. So he's, uh, I mean, he's basically like, if you want to run, I mean, you can pretty much run like five or six forwards now if you really work the DraftKings uh, lineup or the DraftKings um, positions just right, like the two forward slots, two utility slots, and then Dempsey um, at midfielder. There's probably another couple of uh, midfielders that I spotted that were actually forwards. So I love that you can uh, have that much firepower in your lineup now. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think I've always said, like, or at least you know, a few weeks ago earlier in the season, I said that that decision was always the toughest one for me. It was between Dempsey and Obafemi. Um, but it is like JD said, it's like 
with strikers, it's you're so streaky, and when you're hot, you're hot. And as a fantasy player, you've got to, you know, you've got to ride the hot hand. As silly as that sounds, like you got to realize who's um, in form and scoring goals, and ride that out for as long as you can. And then when it when the goals dry up, then you got to realize that the goals are are drying up and move on to the next guy. So, um, yeah, I love Dempsey as a midfielder, and I'm I'm definitely gonna have him in some line, some lineups this week. How disappointing is it that Dempsey gets moved to the midfield, but they move Federico Higuain to forward? To forward. <laughs> Inexplicably, he clearly does yeah, not play. Yeah, such a weird switch. He clearly doesn't play forward. I mean, he's like back the whole way with the defenders sometimes, just dropping so deep to get the ball. I mean, I can see Finley yeah. a little bit, but even he still comes across to me as a much more of a midfielder. Yeah. Yeah, and I just noticed that uh, Barrios is a forward too. That's kind of strange. Also annoying. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been a few positional tweaks that aren't um, really in line with with what's going on in these lineups. But I guess we've just got to adjust. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it matters less because we have they gave us another midfield spot and then two utility spots. So I mean, you're right. You can definitely fit in these forwards. Um, but yeah, just it, it just irked me a little bit. Had to vent. <laughs> so this is the place to do it. Yeah. How about Fabian Castillo in this game? I mean, he was awesome last match, and he completely tore apart uh, the defenders. They had they stood no chance against his speed. He made them look silly at least ten times. It's like you read that question right off my computer. It's incredible. <laughs> We always look – we've overlooked Castillo like every podcast since maybe July. And uh, it's because he does seem to kind of be a little bit inconsistent. But when you watch him, he like just always seems to embarrass defenders. And I don't know why he doesn't turn more of them into goals. Yeah, I think he would be higher owned and more talked about if people watched them more. Like It doesn't seem like they got a lot of those national games. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I feel like I just haven't seen Fabian Castillo as much as like Drogba and Kamara. Right. And, but Which when is you a watch shame him, because he's awesome. Totally. When you watch him, he just looks like he's a step faster than everybody else. Uh, speaking of speed, you know, like, and then all of a sudden, there he is picking the ball out of the goal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many people say that he could play on any mid-table EPL side, and I do tend to agree. Like, he wouldn't be out of place, but. I mean, he's not dominating the goal scoring charts mm-hmm. in MLS, so it's I, I don't know I I don't really want him to go to the EPL and just completely bust right away. It would be nice if he had a, a stepping stone of sorts. Yeah, I think Swansea was the last one that was uh, linked to him, which may not be a terrible spot, but I feel they have like a he's... lot of guys like him already. Though it kind of yeah. seems like yeah, they, he he's the. The kind of player I feel like who can make an impact without necessarily touching the ball. Um, you know, like yeah. he can create space and his speed alone makes defenders kind of step back a little bit. Whereas, you know, I, whenever we talk about guys from, not that he's American, but I always go back to Josie Altador. And like Josie is such like a central figure that he needed to score in order to make an impact where I feel like Castillo could make an impact without necessarily bagging all these goals which is pretty much what he's doing for dallas he's not scoring 20 goals you know he's still up there but not that high he definitely takes away so much attention from everybody else i mean you watch the fullbacks that have to go against him and they're absolutely lost they can't do anything all game other than just try not to get burned by him (laughs) like they don't even bother to push forward nothing it's just hopefully we don't get burned by castillo more than like three times well, that there's a question. How do you feel about the Seattle fullbacks? Well, I, it seemed like last match he was going against um, Zach Scott a lot, which he was lined up as a center back. So that was weird because, <laughs> I mean, Tyrone Mears was supposed to kind of be matched up on him more. I don't know if Mears was venturing too far up the field or kind of Scott was just getting sucked out to, to also deal with Castillo. But I think Scott has, like, a broken foot, some people are saying. And uh, that would really explain why he looks extra terrible against Castillo. (laughs) 
Um, I think Brad Evans is supposed to maybe be back for this one, which definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if these guys on the back line aren't 100% healthy, um, they're going to have a tough time with Castillo, Diaz, Barrios, and uh, Teixeira up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if Dallas goes up one nothing, that puts them through because they have the away goal. Are they capable of keeping Seattle out if they go up one nothing, or is or Dempsey and and Martin's way too much that thinking that Dallas could shut them out is naive? I think it yeah, depends. I think they're good, Skyler. I think they're definitely capable. Um, it's I mean if it if it comes to that, then Jesse Gonzalez is going to be a busy man um, or a busy boy. <laughs> he's he's like 18 but uh i could i mean i could totally see dallas getting a 1-0 lead and then hunkering down but uh, i'd say seattle is probably the last team i'd want to have to do that against yeah. so be really tough but um dallas's game at least the second half of the season has has been some of that that is just grinded out defensive soccer and they they look really good at doing it so if any team can do it then they can but um, like I just said, if any team that you're going against to do that against, then Seattle is probably not the team that I'd want to be doing that against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really matters when they go up one nothing. If they go up one nothing in the first 20 minutes, I don't see them keeping Seattle off the score sheet. But, I mean, if it's like a close game and it's 60 minutes or whatever when they go up, I can definitely see them keeping Seattle off the board um, I really think, though, if Dallas gets an early lead, I don't think they're going to kind of bunker down. I think they're going to keep their foot on the gas. Um, that's kind of how Oscar Pereja's attitude uh, kind of seems like he's going to play. They do they do play a strong defensive game, but I think it would be foolish against Seattle to not keep attacking because you know Seattle can score any minute. I mean, they only need one moment of, of brilliance in the – 88th minute, 90th minute, whatever, To then Dallas would be in a lot of trouble. So when you have Castillo, when you have Teixeira, uh, Diaz, Barrios, you really need to just let them play. I, I think if you try and rein them in, it's going to cause problems. Yeah, it's a good point. You never know when a guy like uh, Andreas Ivanschitz is going to bag a goal. So Yeah, way to um, bury he's... the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he's... Uh... Kind of that, I think last weekend he was in a lot of lineups just because he's, um, aside from the goal, and he, before this last game, he had 12 crosses. So back-to-back games of 21 points, by the way. Like Ivan Schitz is a guy that should be in a lot of lineups this weekend. I don't think he was not in a single one of my lineups. (laughs) I mean, his price was insane, and I do believe on the podcast I said how good he looked against the Galaxy. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, he looked just as good last week, um, and I don't care that he's on the road. If his price is anywhere close to 3800 he's right back into all my lineups. Yeah, the only thing that would make me a little hesitant is if Marco Papa somehow ends up back in, which I'm not 100% what his status is right now. Last I checked, he was still out, but Papa might um, cut into some of those uh, crossing points and whatnot. If if he starts, but Papa played um, if, last week, I believe. Oh, did he? Did he come I think in and he, play? He got sixty minutes on the wing and then came off. Oh, okay. Okay. They they started on opposite wings. Um. So yeah, it was it looked okay. The midfield did look a little dysfunctional, I thought, but that's probably more because of Freiburg and uh, Rose in the middle. Mm-hmm. They really miss Ozzy Alonso. Yeah. So, one final question for you guys. JD, I'll let you go first. Who is the highest scoring player this weekend? I think it's uh, Kai Kamara. Okay. Skylar? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I like the Kai call. Uh I don't think yeah, you can I'll use say... it after saying Drogba before over Kai. <laughs> yeah, I'll say uh, Fabian Spindola. Oh. How about that? That's one of our biggest differences in the rankings this week. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I know I've got, uh, I guess I've got Drogba ranked ahead of him. I think Drogba might be the safer play for a goal, but I think if anybody's going to just go off and carry a team, then Espindola's the the guy that can because he's, I mean, he takes, like, Drogba, he doesn't take corner kicks for Montreal. Kai doesn't take corner kicks for Columbus. Uh, Espindola does take corners for D.C. He takes a lot of their free kicks. He'd probably take a penalty. Well, I guess Rolf might take a PK. But Espindola's like he's earning points. It just seems like once the game starts, like his points just start tallying up. Mm-hmm. And guys like Kai and Drogba are a little bit more goal dependent. So I don't know. I mean, I could definitely see Kai tearing it up too. Like I feel like Kai's gonna have a big week. So let's try to get all three of those guys in our lineups. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Bloom All Star lineup. Yeah. That's right. I would use four Mark Blooms and then just get the rest of them into your lineup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that was great. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck this weekend. Hopefully we'll have plenty of fireworks. I'd like to see some 200-point scores this weekend because it's just more fun that way. So uh, best of luck this weekend. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.